Hi, everyone. Welcome back to season two of the On the Brink podcast. I am so excited to be back after about a month or so hiatus. I needed to take a little bit of a break to regroup, and I just needed a break for myself being back in Massachusetts. So we're back and ready to go here um, for another hopefully good season of uh of podcast episodes so thank you for sticking with me if you're listening to this episode season two thank you for coming this far with us or welcome if this is the first episode that you're listening to either way i appreciate you and and for uh listening today so um this is episode number 13 if you know me 13 is my lucky number so um, not that that really has anything to do with anything, but this is lucky number episode 13 and I'm really excited and I have a very, 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 very special guest on with me today. Her name is Jelka and she is one of my former coworkers. This episode today is going to be wild. It's going to be a wild ride. It is centered around past employment at a hotel. We both were hostesses. Jelka was more of a manager position than I was. And um, we worked in this hotel restaurant, and today is centered all around our crazy, crazy hotel stories, which if you have met me before, I've probably shared some of these stories. And if you have not, you're in for a treat because these are really wild, crazy stories. So uh, again, I'm really excited to have my friend and former coworker Jelka on, and I'm going to let her introduce herself a little bit for you all. So first of all, welcome, Jelka. Thanks, Emily. I'm really excited to be here today, um, and I'm excited to talk to you about our fun stories. Uh, So thank you for inviting me on. This is going to be really fun. Um, Yeah, like Emily said, I've worked in hotels for about eight years, eight and a half years, um, and currently switched roles to go down a different avenue. But... um, I got a lot out of the hotel. I got wonderful friends. I met my husband there. So that was all good, good. Um, I am a bunny mom. So I get to spend a lot of time with my little cute Opie. Uh, He's adorable. Go rescue a bunny. You won't regret it. It's awesome. Um, Yeah. Yes, so you you worked at the hotel much longer than I did. I was only there as like a seasonal employee. Yeah. And a little bit of background on how I ended up working at the hotel, just so everyone knows, it's a little confusing, but my dad was actually the the manager of this particular hotel. And so you know, it's a, it's a little bit um, of nepotism, if you want to say, that I got hired, but my dad did not want to hire me to work at the hotel. He did not. He would not let me work there for the longest time, but there was a particular summer in between college where I was home, and I was unemployed, and I didn't have a babysitting job, and I didn't have any sort of job. No one wanted to hire me for just the summer, and I begged my dad to let me at least interview So he said, you know what, I think the restaurant is actually looking for another hostess for the summer. And I think they really (laughs) always need someone. Well, he never told me they always did. He said they never did. And so he, you know, didn't want to hire me. But finally, he was like, you know, you'll interview with the manager. I'm not the manager of the restaurant. So, you know, so it's up to the restaurant manager. It's not up to me. So ultimately, I was working for the restaurant, and so my boss was not my dad. So just to be clear about that, and I did have to go in and like have an interview. I didn't just like get the job, but I I was very fortunate, and I am very privileged to be in that position. But I was only going to be working there for the summer, and then over any breaks. But I also already knew a lot of the people working at the hotel because I used to come in and work brunches, the seasonal, <laughs> the seasonal like, holiday yeah. craziness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So actually I had met Jelka many years prior to when I actually worked there over the summer, because I think we had worked like a mother's day or Easter brunch together. Probably both. <laughs> probably both. And probably for several years. I mean, I started doing that when I was in high school. So I grew up in the hotel industry. I grew up hearing crazy stories from my dad. Um, I mean, he was my last podcast guest 
for season one. And so you probably heard some of his hotel stories from that, but that was more of a throwback episode. So I may have to have him on to share some of his uh, current <laughs> stories. Um, you lived but, it. You lived around it for so long. It was your life. Yeah. And so it was kind of fun coming in for just a summer, knowing that it was a temporary sort of thing. But I will say that my time as a seasonal hostess was one of the wildest, most fun, entertaining experiences I've ever had. And I don't know that I'll have a job that's like quite so crazy and always changing. It was literally every single day was a new like clean slate. It was like, you did not know what you were walking into. You didn't know who you were going to encounter. And it was always something. something. It was like a full moon all the time. It really felt like that. (laughs) It did. But honestly, so that reminds me, one of my stories that I'm going to share in just a minute has to do with a full moon. It has to do with a crazy thing that did happen on a full moon. Um, But I do want to share some of Uh, describe for my listeners a little bit of what we did as hostesses and also when we stepped in as room service people as well. I want people to be aware of what we did so that they wore many hats. Yes, we did. So essentially, we would stand at the front of the restaurant. We had this little like hostess stand, little box, and we would take people to their seats. We would answer the phones. We would take the room service orders over the phone. Um, oh, yeah. You know, we would greet the guests as they walked in. Sometimes, if the hotel was short staffed, we would step in and take orders. We would become waiters. We, I mean, you just never knew what you were going to have to do. Sometimes you'd be busing. I know Jelka had to bus a lot of times. Yeah, busing. Sometimes you're assisting other parts of the hotel because they need help. It's just you never really know. You can be anything. You could be a housekeeper. You could be a banquet helper. You could be <laughs> the kitchen staff. You could be back there cooking when the power goes out. Like I mean, <laughs> I did not. I will say I did not do that. But Boca, <laughs> that's um, you did a lot more than I did. We had a stretch where the power was out for a couple days, and it was in the middle of winter, and when the power came back on, the phone just flared up and was crazy, and we only had one cook in the kitchen at the time because the power's been out. Nobody's really been working, right? Like, we're, we're waiting every day for the power to come back on, and when that power came back on and the phone started ringing, man, did I ever learn how to make Rubens and grilled cheese so fast in my life. I was chopping. I was peeling potatoes. I was helping work the grill. Oh, my. <laughs> it was so fun. Not getting paid nearly enough for all of those all of those things. <laughs> no, but you know, it was really nice to get some praise from like upper management too. Like we, it, it that was really nice that like it was acknowledged. So sometimes that's good enough. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I was the one like eating the chocolate covered strawberries in the back. Like mm-hmm. I was the I was like the helpless hostess like if someone but if someone wouldn't say that no I did step in to help I I bust I I was a waitress sometimes I bartended a little bit you know for sure a little bit of of this and that but generally my job in the summer was pretty straightforward I mean it was like hostess and then the occasional room service uh work and that was where things got pretty interesting and I kind of want to delve into that first because we were often asked to run the room service orders up to the rooms if there was not a designated room service person for that day. So that essentially meant putting together the order, not cooking it necessarily, no, um, putting, it, putting it together on the, on the cart or on the tray and carrying it up to whatever room that person was in. And essentially you get tipped I think it was like a 21% tip on every order, right? Yes. So that was nice. It was built in. Tips were good. So I'm, I'm talking with talking about the positives first here because um, there's not a whole lot else that was positive about that because as a female bringing room service orders up, oftentimes you're bringing them up to older men, businessmen, 
just men, you know, it's, it's not often that it's like a nice woman who's ordering room service sometimes. And sometimes it's a family, but a lot of times it's like a single man in his room ordering food, which is fine. But it puts us in a weird position when we go up to deliver because, you know, you're supposed to offer to like set it down in their room. At least that's what I was told. But no one ever told me like, hey, don't let the door close behind you. My dad had told me that. He was like, you have to make sure you leave the latch, you know, because you don't want to be put in an awkward position or an un not just awkward, but like unsafe position where you let the door shut behind you and then something happens when you're in that person's room. And usually when the guest opens the door, they let you, right, you ask if you can come in, they let you come in, and then most likely they're the ones closing the door behind you or letting it slam shut behind you. So yeah, you're in a really vulnerable spot, right? So this person is now behind you, and not that you know, there's so many scenarios where nothing ever happens. But at the same time, as a woman at like 1130 at night delivering to a male guest that has been drinking and getting, you know, like being like downstairs in the bar area all night, now he's hungry and just wants to like come up and order some food. And it puts you in a really vulnerable position having your like back to anyone right yeah and you're usually by yourself I mean room service people Mm -hmm. don't go in teams it's like okay you're the one person getting the tip so you're the one that has to put the order together and you're the one that has to bring it upstairs and sometimes you're bringing multiple orders at once and you're like lugging this giant cart around and it's not oh, the, the cart not that never turned corners <laughs> oh my god that cart was terrible it was awful yeah so bad but um you know it's generally kind of stressful because you're trying to rush to put together people's orders sometimes there's like five orders that come in at once and you're mm-hmm. trying to you know do everything in a timely manner because you don't want to get angry angry hotel guests coming at you so it's definitely stressful, but I know that for, for me personally, I didn't have any like unsafe situations. I did not have anything that really made me uncomfortable, at least with the room service. So I'm lucky in that sense. I was always very aware of my surroundings as I think I needed it to be yeah. at the time. Um, but Jolka certainly has some more iffy situations that she was put in. Yeah, I mean, definitely um, having, like, the guests, you know, block the door when you're in their room and they're trying to talk to you and you're just, like, trying to inch away and, like, back yourself up to the door and um, they, like, tell you, like, yeah, I saw you downstairs and, like, walking around and I, I, like, inquired to see if, you know, you were, what department you worked in, because I saw you were wearing a name tag, and it's just like, so those are kind of like the more creepier things, because you just never know, like, what's gonna happen when you go upstairs, and you, most of the time, like, I didn't bring my phone with, and like, there were no walkie-talkies or anything like that, so... As far as that goes, you're just really like kind of backed in a corner until you can kind of like talk your way out of it, you know, and then it's like, do I really want them to sign this bill or not? I could just (laughs) leave right now. (laughs) Um, But then you get cases where you just like knock on the door and they're just like, leave the food on the floor. And it's like, I can't do that. That is not, you know part of like the health codes and like you can't just leave somebody's food on the floor and you're like I have to bring it in and then they get mad at you for wanting to come in and bring their food in and not leave it in a hallway compromised to anybody that's coming in and that's a weird scenario too suspicious then yeah it's like what's going on and I'm like you have to sign the bill and like it's just weird and then you get the ones that just you know open the door and they don't care if they're naked put in a weird scenario because you're a woman and there's a naked guy that just doesn't care (laughs) and I feel like that and there could be other people in the room too but like it just like 
you know, they just don't care. So like that puts you in a really weird situation too. But do you think those naked people, like, I mean, I know this happening multiple times, yeah, right? Yeah, I've had more than I can count on one hand of, like, scenarios that have happened to me with, like, naked guests. I mean, do you think it was really that they didn't care or they were purposely, like, trying to, um, to, like, lure you in? I mean, it could be either, right? Like, so you get the ones during the week that are more like that. They're just like, oh, you know, like a woman's coming up to my room type of thing. And then you get the ones on the wild, crazy weekends that just like, don't really don't care. <laughs> wow. So you get a little bit of everything. So, yeah. So, so that was always uh, a little bit stressful for me, like doing the room service. I always preferred hostessing. I don't know about you. Well, me too. And the nice part about like, at least when you did do room service, there was usually two people on sometimes, not always like during the week, maybe not always, but Friday, Saturday nights, there were usually two people on. So it was nice to have like a backup. Um, like, you know, if I'm going upstairs, like I'm letting you know, right. So if you don't know that I'm back by a certain point, like come look for me. <laughs> Right. Like, but there was not like a great system in place for that. I mean, that's just like what you had to do on your own. Right. So you kind of make your own system depending on who you work with. So I think um, I, I was personally fortunate to work with a lot of great people that um, if I was feeling uncomfortable, they would take the order up for me, you know, and like, it makes a difference. And so when like the guest calls you back down and goes, wait, I thought you were going to deliver my order. Like I didn't get the pretty voice on the door at the door. And it's like that kind of stuff. And you're like, yeah, that's exactly why I didn't take the order. Up the yes, room. Yes. And, like you have to kind of feel that out and like kind of ensure that you don't get put in that situation because yeah, most of the time, I didn't have any way to communicate to anybody like, hey, or if you're by yourself, you pass the front desk and you tell them, okay, I'm going up to the room and if you don't see me come back. <laughs> right, but you don't usually bring your phone. So again, no. like you wouldn't be able to communicate. Oh, yeah, yeah, so it helps to have a teammate. And then especially if you're also cleaning floors late at night, because right, room service like what used to close at like midnight and then we got early closing hours but like yeah you're walking floors at midnight and it's nice to have somebody with you as a backup too so I think it's always good to work in teams in that regard and then like um yeah it's being a woman in the room service industry quite interesting experiences that usually the guys don't get as much Oh, definitely. 100%. But something that you said reminded me of another story that I um, wanted to share. And that's when you said, like, if a guy is on the phone and they want you specifically to bring up their order, mm -hmm. um, that kind of happened to me one time. And this is the full moon story that I was mentioning earlier. So I'm just gonna go into the story. And I don't think Joko was around during this point, because there was no manager on duty that night, which is partially why I think the situation was worse than it maybe needed to be. But um, essentially what happened is this was a full moon. I didn't know it at the time, but I realized it the next day and I was like, wow, of course it was a full moon. Um, so if you don't think crazy things happen on full moons, they do. I am firsthand to that. This man came into the hotel and things were already kind of strange because he had requested someone to like move his car for him. I think he like wanted someone to go up to his room and get his keys from him and move his car to a specific location, which was kind of strange, but he was offering to tip them. So someone did, it wasn't me. Everything seemed fine, I guess, from that experience. And then a little bit later, he called to order food. And again, everything seemed relatively normal. 
and he ordered a steak. I remember that. And he then after he ordered the steak, he started to tell me that he had had weird experiences in the past at other hotels and that he didn't want the same thing to happen here. And he's like, do you understand what I'm saying? And I was like, no, I don't. I really don't. I don't. And he's like, well, let me spell it out for you. I think that I have been poisoned at other hotels that I've gone to and my dog won't eat the food. And that's how I know that it's poisoned. And I'm thinking, well, maybe your dog just doesn't like the food that you're ordering, but okay. So I tell him bizarre. it was bizarre. So I tell him that I will personally watch his food be made. There will absolutely not be poisoning and <laughs> it will be fine. So the food's being made. It's not ready to be delivered yet. That night I was not doing room service delivery, thank goodness. But in the meantime, before it was even ready to go up to his room, he had called again to ask to check on it. And then he asked if I could bring it up to him personally. And I said, no, I can't. Unfortunately, I, I'm, you know, hostessing and I'm not allowed to do the room service. And I think I made something up. But I wasn't going to go up to his room. I just didn't feel comfortable. So he said, well, can security accompany my food? And I said, sure, I will find someone to accompany your food with the room service person. So I told the room service person and then I got like another waiter, I think, to go with him. And so I sent them up to the room and I just, I thought everything was fine. I didn't make a big deal of it. I thought that um, the requests were strange and the whole poisoning thing was strange, but, but then I was like, whatever, it's over. He got his food. Mm -hmm. Then after it had been a little bit of time, he called back on the phone. Oh, then I think I could tell which room he was in. So I could see that his phone kept calling and I didn't want to answer because I knew it was him. And so I had like one of the servers answer the phone for me. And the man on the other end said, no, I won't talk to you. I have to talk to Emily. Oh my gosh. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I'm busy. Like I can't talk <laughs> to this man right now. So he's like, well then Emily will have to call me back. And so I had to call this man back after like a few minutes. And I was like, I'm so scared. Like, I don't know what he has to tell me. And he said, well, my dog won't eat the food. It's definitely poisoned. Like, I don't know what to tell you. And I was like, sir, if you want your money back, like that's the best I can do. And, you know, at this point you have to, the whole, like the customer is right thing. Mm -hmm. Take precedence, which is not always, um, it's not always true, but like in the hotel industry and in the restaurant business and everything, you do have to let the customer be right. Right. It is about customer service and just making sure that they always leave happy. Right. Right. The so, main idea of it. Yeah. So I ended up like offering him to get offering to give him a refund and whatever he wanted. And he was like, no, no, I just think you should know that, you know, my food was poisoned. So after a while, I, you know, he hung up and everything was fine and, and he didn't make a big fuss about it. He just apparently wanted us to know, but obviously I went to the kitchen and talked to them and there was of course no poisoning. We do not poison our, our customer's food. Um, and if the dog doesn't like it, the dog doesn't like it, you know, that's not, maybe he just doesn't like steak, you know, maybe he's a, he's a chicken type of dog. I don't know. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I'm just thinking this man sounds a little crazy and he didn't sound that crazy on the phone, but what he was saying was, was strange, but he sounded really composed and everything. So I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but whatever. So meanwhile, hours pass and I finally catch up with the guy who delivered the food, the, the room service guy. And I asked him, I was like, so was anything odd about the guy? Cause he, you know, he, I had filled him in on the whole situation and he said, oh yeah, the guy had a uh, brass knuckles and a giant knife on his bed. And I was like, what? 
like you didn't tell did me you that, that? <laughs> you didn't say that it's been hours and and he this particular guy always joked around with me he would kind of exaggerate sometimes and so I didn't really believe him he was laughing it off so I thought he was joking and I ended up like not thinking too much of it because I really took it as a joke but then the more that I thought about it I was like I bet that wasn't a joke because he wouldn't have just come up with that out of his out of nowhere so, yeah seems pretty serious yeah so I ended up telling I think you or also someone else but not until like really late that night and I think people kind of flipped out at that and like really got worried and they ended up calling the police the next day and they looked up this man and they found out that he had escaped from a mental institution from California and somehow made his way all the way to Illinois. On a phone them. <laughs> I don't know how he, how he made it, but oh he did. Gosh. And they had to like evacuate the whole floor and I don't know what ended up happening with him or I, I assume he was taken back to California. But I felt really terrible after that because I worried that something could have happened. Luckily, nothing did happen and, mm-hmm. and everything worked out okay. But there was no manager on duty, so I didn't know what to do. And I didn't feel comfortable like, calling the police myself. And I thought I was overreacting. And I should have trusted my gut. Yeah, I think it's always best to go with your gut feeling, right? Because, you know, you're in that situation. But I totally understand when you don't have anybody else to, like, kind of talk it through with. It's kind of harder to make those decisions. And there's, like, a lot of how could I change this and that after the fact that it goes through your head. But um, you don't think always in that moment, like, oh, what is this guy capable of doing? And, Mm -hmm. um like I said, most of, most of the time you go up to a room and it's just pretty low key, but then you get those crazy people that are just like standing in front of the door that are like, that have weapons (laughs) in their rooms. And like, you know, as a female, if you don't feel safe going up, you know, you shouldn't have to. And we were most of the time lucky that we had like a backup it was one of the guys that we could send up to the room just in case. And mm-hmm. um, so that was at least a good thing. Right. I'm glad okay. you didn't have to go up there. We always had crazy things happening though. And I'm just thinking about all these stories that we, we encounter all these like uh, situations that we encountered together. And the, another situation that we, we actually together encountered was, um, was what we think is a possible kidnapping or child trafficking. And this is yeah. this is a larger discussion. This is a larger um, topic that can really, we could probably go on and have a separate episode about how child trafficking or sex trafficking can really happen at hotels. I'm no expert on that. And so we're not going to like go into that in depth right. right now. But we will share a story with you all that I find to be still to this day really spooky, creepy, gives me the chills when I when I tell it and when I talk about it because we still to this day don't know what happened. And, you know, it's, it's really freaky. But Jelka and I were working in the restaurant and please chime in if any of these details are wrong or if you have more details to, to give, Jelka. Sounds good. Um, Basically what happened is I was hostessing with Jelka and this man came up to the hostess stand with his hands behind his back. He walked up really slowly, seemed really suspicious. I am one to get like really, really um, bad or good gut feelings about people. And I had a bad feeling about this guy. I can't really pinpoint why it might've been the way he was slowly walking up with his hands behind his back. But regardless, he gave off bad energy, bad vibes and he had a little boy walking next to him and he came up right to the host stand Mm -hmm. and just stared at me and didn't say anything and I usually give my normal spiel like hello welcome to the restaurant like how many in your party or you know can I get a window seat or whatever you know my normal thing and 
he didn't respond to me. He didn't say a word. He just stood and stared at me. So I gave it a minute. It was super awkward. (laughs) And I gave it a minute and then I said it again. And then I think he just pointed at a table. So I walked him over to a table, gave the kid uh, like a children's menu and like a coloring page. He was probably like, I don't know. I don't remember. He was little, like maybe three. Yeah, he was, he was small. Yeah, maybe three. No, I don't think no more than four. So he was, yeah, he was pretty young. He was young, like old enough to talk, but not old enough to really know what was going on. So we like went over to check on uh, if he wanted to order anything. And I remember it was really difficult to get him to talk and things were just seeming very off. And at one point he walked out of the restaurant and I think brought the kid with him. But mm-hmm. it just seemed, it seemed to me like he was not the kid's father. It seemed to me like he did not know the kid. It didn't, I mean, the way they were interacting was very strange. Very weird. Mm-hmm. Very weird. And eventually they like walked out of the restaurant and I had told my dad because obviously he was the manager at the time of the whole hotel. And I said, you know, I have a a bad feeling about this man and his son and I can't pinpoint like they didn't do anything wrong but I I just want to tell you I wanted to put it out there so that if something happens like you were already aware that this was going on Mm -hmm. and you knew and my dad knew and so I felt better and I remember I left work and I don't know if anything else happened that stood out to you in the restaurant that day not particularly in the restaurant no not from that day Mm -hmm. but i remember hearing after the fact because i i was you know only working that that one shift and then i left but i heard the following day that what had happened is i think the man had been pacing in the lobby and and the sixth floor like like on the executive floor and like he was just like pacing back and forth looking like really nervous to a point where somebody like reported that mm-hmm. and I think the people at the front desk maybe remembered that there was a child with him mm-hmm. and I think they went to go check on the room maybe and yeah, like a wellness check type thing mm-hmm. yeah and the child was gone and there was no luggage no nothing in the room at all no evidence that there was ever a child there and I think that prior night that night prior as well they did find the child wandering the executive floor and they were trying to get him back to his room but he would he didn't say much and then eventually the man came out and was like pretty frantic about where this kid had gone and um I think he ended up taking his hand and taking him back to the room and there was very little interaction with like front desk agents and him because he was just like not responsive as to what was happening and why this little boy was wandering around by himself oh my gosh yeah and then I think when they went to check and the child was gone, mm-hmm. I think they questioned the man, like, where did, where's the kid? And I think he said, oh, he's with his aunt or yeah. said he's with someone else, but he's in Indiana now, I think. Yeah, like, I guess he left in the middle of the night or something like that was the story. But, but no one ever saw that, right? Yeah, nobody saw that. Like you said, there was no luggage. It was just a very bizarre thing. And they were there and for days with yeah. neither one of them having anything with them. No, and they were always in the same clothes. And it just like, and the just the family relationship just wasn't there. The way you would see like a little kid interacting with his father, just what that was not there. And, like, he was just very weird, kind of, like, always on edge, always kind of watching. And, yeah, to have just every, like, the kid disappear with no, like, traces of what happened. Just very bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I heard that, I, I was freaked out because I feel like someone would have seen a kid 
you know, being escorted out mm-hmm. <laughs> somehow. I mean, either if someone else took him or the man took him out, like either way that I think someone would have seen that they would have had to. And for yeah. the man to have seen that and then for the man to still be there, but the kid to be gone, it just, it like is very unsettling to me. Well, yeah. And that's like the, I think that is what's kind of like scary about the world we live in, right? Like hotels are just a very private um, aspect. So when people check in, right, you don't give away people's names, you don't give away people's room numbers. So that's just a very private thing. And what happens in that room, you're, you most likely will never find out because it's just like, you know, people go there to commit horrible crimes and things like that. And it's just like, that's just what the part of the hotel industry. And it's unfortunate when you see situations like that with kids and that are in bad situations and can't really speak for themselves. So um, definitely something that worrisome as to like, where do I go? And like, how did he just vanish in the middle of the night? Yeah, it's like one of those crime stories. And the thing is, they didn't ever investigate this. I think the police were called in, but then there was nothing to really investigate for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I think they kind of did what they were supposed to do and, like, ask the questions, but they didn't find any evidence of, you know, anything wrong happening or so which I thought was a little odd considering we had all seen this little boy and many different departments had interactions with this little boy and his quote unquote dad. But um, I don't know. It's just weird. This whole story of how he just like vanished and nobody knows like what happened other than he went to Indiana in the middle of the night, but who knows? Yeah, It sits with me really badly, but again, we're probably never going to know. And this sort of thing probably happens more often than we think it does, unfortunately. And I think, I mean, I was aware that things like that could happen. I, until I firsthand like had that sort of experience, <laughs> it didn't feel real. It was like, oh yeah, that could happen hypothetically. But then you experience that and you see it and you're like, wow, you know, this really can happen. And I think it's good to have an awareness of it, especially when you're working at a hotel so that you can kind of spot these things and you learn to have like a better instinct about people too. And you need that because you have to protect yourself as well. Yeah, those are very important um, qualities to have and just be like very instinctual and aware of your surroundings and aware of what's happening to you and to the people around you. Because as a person working in the hospitality industry, your job is to protect the well-being of the people in the hotel as well, right? So other guests and to look out for their well-being. And so we're always on like, I feel like on a heightened sense of like, oh, what's happening? Like, not like getting into people's lives. Like, I'm not saying that, but like, you're always self-aware of Unless guests share too much about their lives, which <laughs> happens all the time. That happens but, too, yes. <laughs> but yeah, you just have to kind of be aware of what's going on around you. And we were really lucky to kind of, I mean, I think both of us have like a good sense of people and who's around us. So I feel like we were both very lucky in that regard to have each other as like a backup of like, hey, did you see that? Did you witness that? Like, did you get the same feelings about this person? So um, it's always good to have that as well. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I went up to Jelka and was like, did you see that happen? Do you think that person is creepy? Like, or if she didn't see it, I would tell her what happened and ask her how she felt about it. But after a while, it's like, you know, I started to not doubt myself so much. It's like Mm -hmm. creepy things do happen and you have to um, admit that you can't think you're the crazy person. It's like, you're not. Right. Do happen and they're not good. And this kind of segues into um, my next little section about harassment and being a woman working in a hotel specifically in the restaurant um and how many times I was harassed I mean I have a whole 
giant list here and I obviously can't go through every single one <laughs> but I mean I've had men use my name because I'm wearing a name tag to try to like use that to get at me and I've had people like come up to the host and like time after time after time even when their family their wives are sitting right near them and they'll still come up and flirt with me and it's, yeah. like, it's like being in a hotel to them I think sometimes feels like oh it's not real life we're just playing a game so I can be flirty I can be someone else today and um that's not yeah. okay it's not it's not okay to ever feel like that and I think it's crazy like I mentioned to you before I've seen guys slide off their wedding ring put them in their pocket as they're talking to another female and it's like ah, oh, you just see all these things and then that's not even like counting all the stories that have happened to us but like just even watching your surroundings and watching what's happening like late at night in the bar and like people are just more inclined to do things and um act foolish at times so yeah for sure definitely harassment i don't know why like that just feels like men feel like yeah like i'm just gonna go hit on her and make her feel really uncomfortable and it's just it's not it's not good and it's not fair to have to like have that happen to you while you're working mm -hmm. i don't go to your job and do that to you you know so it's just like it's i don't know i think people just feel looser in hotels and like they can try things and get away with it mm-hmm yeah, and it would be older men, it would be younger men. I got people giving me their phone numbers. I got people... Hotel room numbers. Like, right, like calling me up on the room service line. Like, you just never know. Every Like I said, every single day was a different experience. It, to be honest, was exciting because you don't know what's going to happen every day. And you hope that it's not exciting in, like, a negative way. You hope that you're not going to be, you know, harassed or felt or made to feel uncomfortable. You hope that right. doesn't happen. You hope it's exciting in some other way, or you see some, something else, you know, that has nothing to do with you, but is exciting. And, and that happened yeah. too, like seeing things from afar. It's like, okay, yeah. You know, there's always something weird happening, right. but, um, but harassment is a real thing. And I only worked there for like several summers and I dealt with it almost every single I would say month at least, or every, maybe even every week. I mean, in some small way or another. And I can't even imagine you worked there for eight years, like how many stories you have. Yeah. I mean, it, the list goes on. It's definitely like a laundry list. It goes anywhere from people coming back. And I've had a guest drive out from Ohio to try and see me and they couldn't get into the hotel that night because it was booked. So they made a hotel reservation somewhere else. And I was like, um, do not do that. Like, I'm not going to stay here. That's so creepy. Oh my I know. Gosh. And um, to the point where they, like, wait for you outside because they know your routine and they know when you're going to, like, finish your um, shift for the night or just waiting in the restaurant and lingering or, like, ordering the dessert you recommended because you know they know you like it and like ordering an extra portion or just being like come up and share my dessert with me no, <laughs> like just no. something that um I've been told to get on my stripper pole like it's <laughs> I mean you know after it's been a while and you look back at these things it's just like you laugh about it but like at the time you're just like genuinely concerned for your like safety and then you feel like you're just like appalled because you somebody would say that to you so um yeah fresh cut flowers on valentine's day <laughs> where they're like yeah six of those are for you and then can you put six of those on my wife's table it's like what <laughs> so yeah I mean, like I said, the list goes on, but it's definitely, uh, I guess it's part of the job description, right? Being No, it's not. I mean, I feel like that's what they think, 
right? Like you're alone, you're standing there, or you're just like, or they just like stare at you the whole time. Like you're just like sitting there talking to your coworker and you just like feel like eyes in the back, like just staring at you. And you look over and yeah, like there they are. Yeah, I always felt watched from like people at their tables, people at the bar, walking by when I would deliver room service, like I had to pass the bar. People would always stare over and probably be like, why is that girl? Because I could wear whatever I wanted, like nice, you know, attire, business casual as a hostess. I didn't have like the server um, uniform. Mm -hmm. And they were probably like, why is this girl dressed up and holding a tray of food? And so I would get looks and it's like, guys, like, just don't stare. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, how many... It's not hard, right? (sighs) If you, like, shoot somebody down, they should just, like, kind of get on with it, not, like, come back again and, like, try again. (laughs) Yeah. Uh... I've had somebody ask me if I wanted to fly to, like, um, actually, it was the Massachusetts area with them and get, like, crab legs like he was like I'm gonna show you what real crab legs taste like you're gonna come to Massachusetts with me um no (laughs) I'm not Um, that's just it's like makes you feel gross they feel entitled they get gutsy they I mean even when they're not drinking they seem to like have some sort of entitlement like oh I can stay at this fancy hotel and it wasn't I mean it was like fancy but it wasn't like the Ritz Carlton or something it wasn't like top of the line fancy right I mean it wasn't like you know working in like a yeah like you said the Ritz or something like that but I mean this just it doesn't matter where it is like it's a hotel so people are going to get gutsy and feel like they're gonna try things and it's it's really pretty horrible and like it makes you feel like really gross after like ugh, like why why would they like think to just approach me all the time like that and why do they think that's okay and I'm in my workplace I wouldn't do somebody something like that to somebody in their workplace yeah I don't know it's just And you're backed in a corner, right? You're always in one area. And if you're uncomfortable to come out into your job because somebody keeps waiting for you, like, that's a problem. Oh, yeah. I had that happen once. I was, like, standing and this man kept coming back for coffee. And then he came back later in the afternoon and was like, can I get a refill again now? And he was just, like, waiting around for me where I was standing. And it was like, I wanted to ask someone else to go get the coffee for him, but I also wanted to go do it so I could leave. But then I knew I had to come back and see this man again. And I mean, that's a longer story, but that I'm not going to go into, but he had gone to the hotel with his whole family too. And he was the flirtiest person I've ever experienced. And, and it was wild. Like how someone whose wife is like literally across the room, how -hmm. someone like that, could just be as outwardly flirty to me and it wasn't just like oh he was a nice guy with a like friendly personality like no the things he was saying to me were very flirty and he kept telling me how I was his favorite hostess he would use my name in every sentence he said I mean I could go on it was yeah bad I think I um came in to cover that night when you were like the coffee guy's back again and he wants more coffee (laughs) So, yeah, no, I uh, get the get the clue and, like, shove off and, like, don't come back. And it's just, like, but, you know, we have to keep a certain presence and we can't be rude. And so we have to try, like, to nicely get them to go away without feeling like, you know, we said something wrong and like to make sure that they don't come back again or then they don't go to like management and like say something like we were rude it's just I don't know it's it's a very it's a very um uh how do you want to say it's like a balance you know yeah very fine line of what you can and can't do so 
Mm -hmm. But I think like all these stories kind of go to show this could happen anywhere. Like we did not work at a motel and we didn't work at um, the Ritz. We worked somewhere kind of in between. And I think these stories could have happened to any of those. I mean, it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. where you are and it doesn't matter who you are. Like if you're a female person working and you're the face of the restaurant essentially and you're standing in the front like you're going to be the one that's targeted it's just the way that it goes and it shouldn't be this way and this is a lesson for any guys who are listening like check yourselves if you're going out to a restaurant like like just be aware of it like are you staring at people and you don't realize it or you know, a lot of times these are older men who apparently it's ingrained to them that that's just okay. Yeah. And I think that's like a big problem in society too, right? Like, it's like, oh, well, I'm well off in this company and I can like do whatever I want. And that's not true at all. You, you know, be a, be a decent human being and don't put people in that situation. Exactly, for sure. Well, it's not fun for anyone. No, it's not. But, I mean, aside from, like, the horror stories that we just shared, I have wonderful memories. <laughs> to end on a positive note, I yeah. do have wonderful memories working with Jelka, and, um, you know, not every night was was that was that bad. There were plenty of nights that were really fun. We had lots of nice hotel guests very sweet older people that would come in. Regulars that just loved us. Yeah, and it wasn't all bad. I mean, we did have our fair share of crazy things. And again, I said, we could probably go on and have two or three more episodes of of stories that are probably even crazier than the ones we just shared. Oh, for sure. There's some that we probably shouldn't be sharing because (laughs) they're just a little little too much much. to be sharing (laughs) the world. Yeah, but um, that's a little glimpse into our lives as hostesses, which neither of us is doing anymore anyway. So that's why we're a little more free to share our stories. But um, but I did have a positive overall experience. And I feel like I did learn a lot of life lessons working in the hotel those past summers. Um, and like working in the hospitality industry mm-hmm. did really help me to gain a lot of skills that I use even now working in the event industry and working in the arts. So can't complain about that. And you learn how to deal with a lot of different kinds of people, even the crazies and the creepy people. Mm -hmm. And some lifelong friends along the way too, because that is, you definitely get that out of, and not all jobs are you fortunate to come out with some good friends. So I think um, our experience and like, we always had a good time together no matter what shift we worked. So we always try to make it fun and light and just, you know, take it day by day. So. Yeah, exactly. And you met your husband out of it. So, Hey, right. I got a husband out of it. So. <laughs> I was not so lucky. I was not so lucky. That's okay. Well, the event industry has a lot of eligible bachelors. So maybe. Maybe. True. Maybe maybe when uh, concerts can happen again. I know. Twenty twenty one. Can't come uh, fast enough. Yeah. Seriously, we gotta make it through this time. <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for being my wonderful guest today, Jolka. Of course. Thank you for having me, Emily. This was so fun. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, tune in next week for the next episode of On the Brink. Thanks, everyone.